inside drive. This is tagged, going back, going back, going back. High flight. Hammer to the gap and left side. At the track, at the way out of here. High and deep that was right. hit a At the wall, going back, at the track. This ball's getting small. This is going to go to the rock this, this is White Sox Weekly. I think we're ready come this offseason to take that next step and, and head deeper down the path towards competitiveness and ultimately winning championships. The proverbial window has begun to open. That's deep into left field. The Chicago baseball conversation. And all goes deep again. On the flagship home of the Sox. It is gone. 720 WGN. Down to 40 days, 40 big days till opening day. Mark Carmen with you. White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Ben Anderson producing. We've got WGN Sports Central coming up at 7 o'clock. A ton of conversation tonight around baseball, period, including the Houston Astros who continue to embarrass themselves with their 2017 and let's be honest, 2018-2019 cheating scandal that hopefully we will not see in 2020. But this is White Sox Weekly. We've got Rick Hahn coming up who spoke with the media. Also, Rich King has been down in Glendale, and he's talked with a bunch of White Sox, including Danny Mendek and Nick Madrigal and Steve Ciszek. So going to play those interviews that Rich has done himself. Looking forward to hearing those. And... Look, this is uh, a very, very exciting time, even though there was some news this week that wasn't, I guess, all that positive as far as the injury front, but it seems like no big deal whatsoever if you're not paying super close attention to the White Sox right now. Uh, Yasmani Grandal had a calf injury that isn't super serious but might delay him in spring training games for a week. Lucas Giolito got a little tight. Uh, coming back from the flu, he might miss a week worth of spring training games, although he's feeling better as well, so who knows? These things are very fluid. And uh, Gio Gonzalez, his shoulder was a little bit tight, but uh, apparently he feels great. Uh, we're going to hear from Gio coming up here. So just a couple of guys a little dinged up coming into spring training, getting themselves ready, but it seems like everything will be fine. Ricky was actually talking today we play a little bit of that. Uh, Michael Kopech, of course, is coming back from Tommy John. And everybody expects that he'll start the season at AAA, which makes sense. He didn't pitch at all last season. This is one of your guys. There's no reason to have him on the field or in the dugout being uh, rushed to the majors and sitting there when it's 30, 40 degrees. Who knows what it's going to be on March 26th when the White Sox take on the Kansas City Royals. Let himself get his bearings at AAA and you limited his innings at the start of the year, and then you bring him up whenever it'll be. Somewhere around May 1 would be my guess, I would think. Uh, and then hopefully he can get himself through the season and he can have a great year. But how is Gio, how is Michael Kopech looking here, Ricky Renteria? Yeah, I, I saw him throw, uh, you know, before camp even started, he, he was out and he was throwing the ball, ball coming out of his hand easy. Uh, he looks um, like he's... Uh, understanding a lot more about who he is. I think that he's understanding also that there's, a, there's a controlled aggression that you can take when you're right. doing some work, and you can see it, it's evident in his work. So he's growing up. He's, he's learning. He's going he's gonna to be really good. You keep on hearing that too, right? He's growing up. He's learning. He's getting better. Uh, and when we talked to Michael Kopech at SoxFest, and Michael Kopech has talked to a lot of different people, you hear it, right? Very mature got married, 
learning about himself as more than a ball player, realizes that his career could be taken away from him at any point. That's part of the deal of going through an injury like Tommy John, right? You're super talented. You throw 100 miles an hour. No one's ever going to stop me. Oh, I just blew out my arm, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get back on the field. Well, who am I if I'm not a baseball player? How am I going to live my life? And Michael's got a bunch of dough in the bank, but he's got, I don't know, 60 years of life in front of him if he's lucky, maybe more. What would you be if you couldn't play baseball? And even... You know, at some point, if any of us has a long career, there's the majority of your life. So I think he's sort of undergoing that question, if you will, and maturing through it. Uh, here's Ricky continuing, by the way, on a guy who has been through it, Gio Gonzalez, veteran, and I think is going to have a great influence in that clubhouse, but a little bit of, of a tight shoulder. So they asked Gio uh, and, and Ricky specifically first here, Ricky, then Gio. Uh, Ricky, what what uh, what are you seeing with uh, what he can bring and how he's feeling, Gio Gonzalez? He's had a lot of success over his career, and um, you know his experience has been in a lot of different types of battles. Um, uh, that, in and of itself, uh, brings a little bit of calm. Even when you're talking to him, he, you know he's very low keyed. You know you you get a sense that he's very very uh, comfortable in his own skin, and that's what happens when you've been in the big leagues for a number of years that he's been in and having success. And uh, I think he's able to exude that. And then s subtle conversations that he can have with everybody. I mean, there's a lot that he can bring to the table. All right, I like that veteran leadership. Let's hear some of that that subtle, what do you call it, calmness, that maturity. I could use some of that. Here's some Gio Gonzalez for you. My younger days would have been like, I don't care, let's go. You know, get me going, get me on that mound, get going. But after seeing the bullpen days, you, you know, you start thinking, well, why is it? Uh, we got some arms. We got some guys that can throw the ball. So... Uh, just get healthy, get right, you know, and do your part as much as you can. But, you know, um, I'm excited about the spring training, excited to see what, what we have in store. I mean, some of these arms now are, are just insane. I, it just sometimes the it just sounds too loud. You know, some of these guys are throwing harder than what I've ever seen. So it, it's pretty cool to say that, pretty cool to see that. And with that being said, it helps me a little bit get more a little peace of mind, kind of work on my own terms and, and get ready to go. See, Gio Gonzalez has been a part of some great baseball teams. He's just up in Milwaukee. I mean, they throw hard up there, particularly the guy out of the bullpen hater. And then if you go over to Washington, I mean, oh, so you saw Steven Strasburg. Uh, you've seen Max Scherzer. And you're talking about how the White Sox are throwing in that big-time pop and you, you aren't used to that. I like hearing that, even if it's a little bit over the top. Perhaps he's just being a little nice with his new teammates, maybe just a little. I don't know think that's possible but regardless I like hearing it and uh, Gio again with a mi with mild shoulder soreness but I, I like that he alerted the team right if it was a young guy and you had some mild shoulder soreness maybe you don't tell the trainer you don't tell anyone here's a guy who's been through the wars realizes that long season I don't need to be necessarily going full bore in the middle of February so I'm going to let him know, and uh, I'll ease myself into it, and hopefully I'll be fine by opening day. Uh, when we come on back here, we're going to hear from Rick Hahn. And also, before we get to Rick, there was a very interesting thing from Ricky Renteria about the Astros and sign-stealing and how the White Sox prepared for that. This was uh, kind of under the radar. It was at the very end of his press conference today, but I thought it was interesting, especially if you consider 
the White Sox and Astros and their history last year. So we'll do that next. And Sox fans, single-game tickets are on sale now. Be here for it all. Watch us change the game in 2020. Get your tickets at WhiteSox.com. This is White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Chicago mothers cut down before their time the lingering impact when women are victims of gun violence and the wounds that may never heal. That's Monday on WGN TV News at 9. It is at the wall of 380. You can let it roll there, Ben. That's all right. I love hearing Ed Farmer. Farmio and company coming up next Saturday, our first spring training game. Mark Carmen with you on White Sox Weekly. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Enjoying your NBA All-Star Weekend. Jerry Reinsdorf, of course, and his other team and his other league entertaining the basketball world this weekend. I have been having a great time going around town, and we'll play some of that coming up here on WGN Sports Central, including uh, some Magic Johnson from yesterday. Really enjoyed running into the Magic Man. All right, so let's let's get to Ricky Renteria again here. And Ricky was asked about the Astros and their sign stealing and whether or not the White Sox prepared for that. So I thought this was actually a pretty interesting answer. Here's Ricky. We've been very vigilant. We use we 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 use techniques to try to offset um, things like that. So um, you always assume it, and then you try to prepare and do everything you can to make sure you can minimize whatever damage might occur to you on the other side. So he says you always assume it, right? Always assume it. Uh. I think that the White Sox assumed it in a way that uh, was a little bit over the top with the Astros, just basing on the fact that uh, when the Astros came into Chicago last year, White Sox were able to take two out of three. And, uh, you know, that's a very good Houston Astros ball club. And then you go down to Houston last May, right? They lose the first game 3-0. Now, that's not a ton of runs, but they lose 3-0. Then they lose 5-1 to Verlander. Now, the next day, they beat the Astros 9-4. And then in game four of the series, they shut them out 4-0. The Astros didn't score. Now, Lucas Giolito pitched one of the best games that he had all year. But let me tell you something. If the Astros knew what Lucas Giolito was throwing, it wouldn't have been his best start of the season, I promise you. So I'm giving the White Sox credit that they knew damn well what was going on. They strategized for it. Maybe in the first two games of the series, they didn't. I, I don't know, but they maybe perhaps they didn't have it figured out. But if there was something going on, I guarantee you they had it figured out by game four because they blanked them. And Lucas had a great season. He pitched phenomenal that day. But again, if they knew what was coming, you wouldn't have shut them out. So I'm going to give the White Sox some credit for doing something right against the Astros last year. All right, let's get to Rick Hahn here. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, the White Sox dealing with some injuries. Uh, I explained that, but I think Rick Hahn can actually do a better job of talking about what's going on at the start of spring training. We are dealing with three minor issues right now that are slowing down a few guys. Uh, first, uh, Yasmani Grandal last week was, or about 10 days ago, was working out in the weight room, uh, felt a small tweak in his calf. Uh, he was examined, got an MRI. It's a mild calf strain that uh, 
quite frankly, if this was during a regular season, we may well uh, push through with normal uh, usage, but since we have all this time on our hands, we're going to take a slower route with him, and he likely won't appear uh, in Cactus League games for about the first week. Uh, again, everyone I'm talking about, we expect to be fully able by opening day. Which leg for that? Uh, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the left. It's better, it's better than 50-50, it's the left, but I can't promise you it's the left. Uh, you saw him out there today, in fact, catching sidelines, if you were watching, uh, but he is going to be a little slower. Lucas Giolito, as you know, uh, missed Soxfest due to the flu. Uh, it was a fairly bad case, got him fairly dehydrated and set behind his program a little bit as well. Uh, when he ramped back up, he felt uh, some soreness in his rib cage area. He was examined and found to have a very mild, uh, we'll call it a chest muscle strain in the rib cage area. Uh, if you saw today, he was out there throwing. Uh, he's just a little bit behind everybody else, and he too likely won't participate in games the first week of the Cactus League. Uh, but again, we expect to have him fully able by opening day. Lastly, uh, Gio Gonzalez, when he was at home about two, two and a half weeks ago and doing his throwing program, uh, felt a little discomfort in his shoulder, so we slowed him down, got him uh, treated up. Uh, he showed up here feeling great, but again, due to the missed time, he's a little bit behind as well. Uh, likely also won't participate in the first week of spring games, but we, again, anticipate him being uh, ready to go when the bell rings come the end of March. So that's what I've got. What do you guys got? Rick, just to clarify, what did you say on Gio? Giolito? Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, Gio Gonzalez. He had a left shoulder soreness. Thank you. But again, viewed as minor startup soreness. He is treated, uh, feels great and is just a little bit behind everybody else. All right, and we heard from Gio earlier uh, in the show. Gio's feeling good. Gio loves what he's seeing from his fellow teammates. Gio should be ready, at least by what I could tell, by opening day, but might not be ramping it up here in the first week of spring training. Uh, let's talk some more with Rick. There is a positive vibe going on around the White Sox, Rick Hahn, and it is awesome. What's your view on this positivity flowing as we start off the 2020 season? positive vibe going on around this camp uh, and, and it's I, I think for a couple of reasons first obviously the excitement about the the upcoming season which comes with the additions and comes with the growth of the young core uh, but second because you can also sort of see how this thing looks like it may come together over the next several years it's not just a, a, a one-year jump or something that uh, regardless of how well this year goes that you know is going to be out of grasp for us in the in the near future in other words when when we started this whole process it was about putting ourselves in a position for annual contention and there certainly is an enthusiasm in that coach's room and in that clubhouse that that period of contention could conceivably begin this season but as you look around this camp and you see the guys that are not only here in terms of the veterans uh, but some of the young prospects that are coming behind them you see that you know we've we've gotten this into a position where uh, certainly brighter days are ahead and, and we're probably talking brighter years not brighter months so I like it hey things are great right now it's exciting we've added on a ton of talent our guys are getting better by the day seemingly we're really excited for the season but by the way this is not about just today it's not about tomorrow it's not even about this year it is about and he didn't use the word sustained run but I'm gonna use the word sustained run 
I mean, that's what the White Sox are trying to do. That's what everyone's trying to do. And the White Sox are at the beginning, hopefully, of their sustained run, and Rick is kind of teeing that up right there. What's going on with Michael Kopech, Rick Hahn? He's out there today just like anybody else without restrictions. Uh, the, the rehabilitation side of this is over for him. Uh, that said, obviously, because he didn't face hitters last year, and it's been over almost a year and a half since he's faced big league hitters, we do have to be you know, somewhat cautious with how we ramp him up and what we expect from him over the course of the season. Uh, so far, all the reports from the offseason and the you know, handful of guys, including Michael, have been here already for the last few days. Uh, the early reports are all very positive about where he's at. And uh, we're going to, over the course of this year, we're really going to spend most of the time responding uh, to how he looks, how he feels, how he reports in terms of studying what's next for him. Uh, part of it will be because of the absence of uh, facing hitters last year. It will be a little bit slower of a climb for him than it would be with any other pitcher coming off a full season. So what's going to be really important right there is for Michael Kopech to f- be honest about how he's feeling, right? We are going to go by how Michael tells us. Well, Michael's still a young guy, and Michael's going to want to be on the field. So Michael needs to be honest. Michael's got to, Kopech's got to realize, hey, I got a long career here. I know I want to be on the field as soon as possible, but let's think long-term, and let's not worry about guys in this city that have gotten banged for protecting themselves to elongate their career. I see you, Derek Rose. Michael Kopech, if you're not feeling 100%, do not push it. That would be my advice. Long career, man. I know it's a huge season. I know you want to be out there, but just be honest with how you're feeling coming back here. Maybe he's feeling great. Maybe he's ready to go. That'd be beautiful. But just realize you play the long game. Always the long game. Uh, What about playing the long game with Carlos Rodon? When will we potentially see the big lefty hurler back on the mound, Rick Hunt? Rodon, he he was out there throwing today. He continues along his progression. Uh, won't really be until he's completed his rehabilitation that I can give you a, a firm timeline, but I think internally we're generally looking at him as a mid-season acquisition, so to speak, a, a real nice trade deadline or all-star break uh, acquisition of a quality lefty. little all-star break acquisition. I like it. Hey, there's Carlos Rodon. It's July. The White Sox are two games up on the Minnesota Twins, and they just got this huge boost. Or, hey, they're trailing the surprising, shocking Detroit Tigers who are supposed to lose 110 games, but somehow the Tigers are up front. But we just got Carlos Rodon back right after the All-Star break, and he's going to help the White Sox close down those stunning Detroit Tigers. That's really a, a, a very realistic way to look at it. The thing is, though, when you've been out for a year plus, can you really step in at that point and be dominant? I don't know. Uh, well, that's uh, a question for way down the line, but uh, that's where they're looking to have Carlos Rodon back on the field somewhere around July. Uh, Rick Hahn back on, on Michael Kopech. This is a little lengthy cut, about a minute 40 here. On the mental growth that he's seen with Kopech going through the Tommy John and being off the field, getting married, a new, uh, a, a more mature Michael Kopech, if you will, Rick Hahn. Certainly, if you have your choice, you're not going to choose for a guy to go through that. That said, uh, I think even the day or soon thereafter that we announced that this had happened, we did talk about the timing of this, at least 
being a positive in terms of getting this out of the way if it was something that was going to happen and having him without restriction heading into the 2020s. Uh, but there is, although there's a very clear sort of physical progression on a Tommy John rehab, you know, on, on day 75 you're supposed to do this, and on day 80 you're supposed to do that, uh, you can't account for what it does to a guy mentally and the grind and the isolation and being out here in the middle of summer when there aren't other teammates around or everyone around you is similarly hurt. Uh, it is a challenge mentally to the guy, and, and there is a benefit for them uh, in grinding through that and realizing, I don't know, for some guys recapturing some of the hunger, for other guys learning uh, patience, learning that you know hard, hard, hard isn't always the way to get something done. Uh, and I think Michael has benefited from that. Now, you know, one other thing is that when you start that physical progression, uh, there's a fair amount of touch and feel involved. There's a fair amount of off-speed pitches early before you get to your breaking ball. Uh, you know, Michael, as a power guy throughout the bulk of his career, had to go through a prescribed program where you know touch and feel and soft and, and less being more sometimes is uh, is is preached. So. Uh, it's good to hear he feels similarly about the, the mental benefit to it, but I think there's also probably going to be a benefit in terms of his approach and how he gets hitters out. Let's hope that all of that registers uh, with Michael. I love that. There's a lot of learning going on there. Coming on back here, Rick Hahn's got a message for White Sox fans, 720 WGN. White Sox games are better with the group. It's never too early to lock in your 2020 group package from a diamond suite to a pregame patio party. We've got the perfect space for your occasion for more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. And one of my personal favorites, Pick 10 Plans on sale now. Get ready for that 2020 season with this flexible and affordable ticket plan. You can pick your games, your opponents, your schedule, lower-level plans starting at just $205. Visit WhiteSox.com to pick your plan today. Mark Harmon with you. On White Sox Weekly, hope you're having a great Saturday. Ben Anderson producing. Good to have you along here. About to hear from Danny Mendek, Nick Madrigal, Steve Ciszek, all coming up here. A Rich King sitting down with the Rich King three-minute interview. The Rich King three minutes with different White Sox players is coming up in a moment here. But first up, let's get back to Rick Hahn and his message for White Sox fans. He was asked, like, hey, what do you want – what do you want White Sox fans to be thinking right now? Should they be, you know, super excited about a World Series? Which is kind of a tough question to ask the GM. I mean, the GM doesn't want to tell a fan how to be a fan, uh, but Rick Hahn did his best to answer it. Sox fans have certainly paid their dues over the last three years. We forced them to, you know, pay their dues and take their take their wounds uh, over that period, first period of the rebuild. So I'm I'm certainly would never tell any fan not to be excited or how to consume White Sox baseball. If people want to be fired up about what's coming, that's that's awesome. The only thing I would caution or suggest is, you know, let's keep in mind this is a this is a multi-year thing. This is a long-term thing. We want to be, uh, I think we're better today than we were at the end of last season. I think we're going to be better at the All-Star break than we are opening day. And I think we're probably going to be better at the end of the season than we are at the All-Star break. So it, it continued pro upward progression that in the not-too-distant future we, we feel is going to put us in the position we want to be in. So uh, there's one part that I would quibble with in that response from Rick. The White Sox didn't quote-unquote force White Sox fans to go through this rebuild. 
White Sox fans wanted this rebuild. White Sox fans were begging for this rebuild. White Sox fans were saying, hey, please reset. Go ahead and move Chris Sale, as painful as that will be. It's okay. We are thrilled that Rick Hahn and company are trading Adam Eaton. This is awesome. I can't believe we got Lucas Giolito back from the Washington Nationals in a stellar trade. This is great. And, yeah, I'm not thrilled that Jose Quintana is perhaps going to the Cubs. That's a little rough. But I hear this Aloy Jimenez guy is sweet. And I hear that Dylan Cease has an incredible chance. So I'm down with that deal, too. Great job, Rickon. And, yeah, okay, there have been a lot of losses. But at least there was a very distinct plan that is coming to be right now. And it takes a ton of courage for an organization to do it. It's kind of interesting. Like, if you look at what's, you know, there's this team on the other side of town that hadn't won a World Series in 108 years, right? And they finally went through an entire rebuild and were able to get over the hump. But now you hear over there that they're, they don't want to do that again. I mean, to me, it makes a whole lot of sense in baseball. You look at the Astros who we're talking about. They went through a nasty rebuild, losing 100-plus for year after year after year, and it paid off. I think if you ask most fans, hey, we're going to lose 100 games for four years in a row, but then hopefully we're going to have a window of winning for four years, five years, six years, and we're going to get one and or two World Series, or even not, we're going to be in the mix every year. Would you sign up for that? I think the answer is always going to be yes. So just, uh, I, I think what the White Sox have done took courage and was obviously uh, the smart thing to do. Let's get uh, Rich King in here. And first up is Rich's conversation with a guy who's battling to be on the roster. Easy guy to root for, Rich, with Danny Mendek. Watching you in spring a year ago, very impressive. I got called up last year. So obviously this year, high expectations for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going out there and trying to play some baseball. You know what I mean? Um, I get another opportunity to come out here and, and big league camp and, and try to make the team. And that's my goal is to make the 26-man roster, you know, this, this opening day. And, uh, yeah, last year was good, but um, today's, you know, February 12th. And uh, it's, all, it's all about proving myself today. So that's what I'm here to do. Well, the numbers appear to be in your favor. Yomer's gone, and they need a utility guy, and second base, whatever, thrust up. Do you feel have a good, really good chance this year? Yeah. Um, you know, I worked hard this offseason. I put in the work to, to get here, and, uh, you know, I'm going to go out there and trust my ability. And, yeah, you know, I want to help the White Sox be a playoff contender and a World Series contender. And uh, I'm going to do everything I can to get out there and make sure that happens. What did last year's call-up do for you? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, I got to live out a, a lifelong dream um, that, you know, in my – it was probably the chances of me ever getting there were very slim, and uh, being able to do it was just – it was awesome. What was it like that where you got called up? Give us that story again. Man, so I was in uh, I was in Norfolk, and uh, I mean, last game of the season, and we ended up losing. Um, and Grudz, our our manager, said, you know, you you going up, and uh, it was just you know, it was it, I was overwhelmed with emotion. It was kind of, it was unreal. I just remember the first thing I wanted to do was call my parents because, you know, I got to share all the experiences in my life with them, and, and this is the biggest one. And and to be able to share it with them was it was awesome. Yeah, it gives you goosebumps. I know it gave yeah. me goosebumps hearing about it. Oh, yeah. uh, you got some power in that bat too. Yeah, I mean that's that's the best part about the game. You want to hit it out of the park. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you know I, I I'm trying to focus on you know different things to, that will work to my advantage. You know, hitting the ball all over the ballpark. 
um, being able to hit it out of, the, out of the ballpark, being able to bunt when they tell me to bunt, mm-hmm. being able to hit and run, do all that. I want to be able to do all that stuff so that I can help a team, you know, win in all f- different types of, you know, different types of ways. And uh, that's where I that's where I pride myself. And defensively, how do you work a, a camp? Do you work at all positions in the infield, or how do you do it? Absolutely. Well, you can see I got all different types of gloves here. I got outfield, I got third base, infield. So wow. make sure I get every get everywhere in and. Uh, yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta get familiar with all of them, and I think you know bouncing over and, and getting your reps every single day at a different spot is is how you get more familiar with it. And this team is so poised. I mean, a bunch of acquisitions in the off season. You guys are ready to roll now, and they're talking World Series. Yeah, well, I mean everyone kind of saw it in the off season and saw how you know impactful in, in some of the moves that we made, and and you could tell that the White Sox are in the organization is really ready to jump on it and get after it, and. Uh, you know, I couldn't help but follow along and be excited because you, you see these names coming in and sure. you're like, man, this is, you know, I can't wait to get to the field and, <laughs> and get going and win with these guys. And, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, it's exciting. We'll it's have exciting. a good camp. Thank you very Thank much. You. I appreciate it. So that's Danny Mendek and Rich King doing the outstanding interview there. Danny actually remi- reminds me of a guy who's been on the White Sox staff here for now 11 seasons, and he's currently the bench coach with Ricky Renteria, and that's Joe McEwing. Joe McEwing played 16 seasons in the big leagues, or 16 seasons professionally, excuse me, nine in the majors. So the Cardinals in 98 and 99, the Mets from 2000 to 2004, the Royals for a season, and the Astros for a season. 251, 25 homers, 158 RBIs in 754 games in nine seasons. So it's not, you know, he's not playing every day, right? So, and he did start out his career sixth in the NL Rookie of the Year awards, which is, you know, I don't know if Danny's going to have that level of success. Maybe he will. That'd be awesome for Danny. But my point is that this Joe McEwing could play all over the diamond. And Rich was asking him about, you know, can you play everywhere? And, I, yeah, I've got all these gloves in here. And do you do one day here, one day there practicing? Joe McEwing, before a game, now reminder, baseball, 162 games. That's a lot of baseball. He would be out there every day before the game taking a ground, taking grounders at second, taking grounders at short. Let's move over to third. Let's take some grounders at third. Let's go take some fly balls in left. Let's take some fly balls in center. Let's take some fly balls in right. He had his different mitts. Let, let's play. Let's get out the first baseman's glove. Let's, let's do a little bit of work there. Every single day this dude went out there to keep himself fresh so he knew that if he got in the game, he didn't know what position he was going to play, but that he would actually feel prepared. Now, Danny's probably going to play in a bunch of second base if he gets on in there and if he makes the club. But he could go out into the outfield. Hey, we're winning the ball game. We're not going to. We're going to replace Eloy late in the game. It's possible. Or I don't know. Right field's a little bit up for grabs here. Nomar Mazzaro might be having an off day, striking out a couple times. Hey, Danny, uh, we're going to have you pinch hit, and you're going to go out to right field. Anything's possible. So he could turn into a type of guy like that and then have a long career in baseball as a coach as well. So there is, there's a guy on that roster that Danny can look at, I would think, and they're probably having those conversations. When we get back on up here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring those two together. I'm going to have a Joe McEwing, Danny Mendick conversation sponsored by Carm. Let's get together here. They've probably already figured this out, but I, I see a connection there between the bench coach and perhaps the White Sox's 26th man this year, which a reminder, one more guy on the roster this year. It's a little bit easier to make the club and what type, you know, teams are going to have to strategize that. Do we keep a third catcher? Do we keep a guy solely to 
steal bases, or do we keep a guy like Danny who can play all over the field? I think that probably makes a whole lot of sense for the White Sox. Hey, stay up to date on all things White Sox by signing up for the free White Sox blacklist. Get breaking news, prospect updates, special ticket offers, and more delivered right to your inbox. Visit WhiteSox.com slash blacklist to sign up today. Nick Madrigal, Steve Ciszek coming up next, 720 WGN. If I said we weren't trying to win a World Series, then I'd be lying. That's You go into every season, there's expectation to win, and um, this season is obviously no different, but uh, there's a little more, you know, in regards to, uh, you know, I, the moves that were made in the offseason, it's it's win now, and it's uh, it's it's not just get to the playoffs, it's, it's win a World Series. That is James... McCann, White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Mark Carmen with you till the top of the hour. And then I'm sticking around for WGN Sports Central with you till 830 in advance of Blackhawks hockey. The Hawks and the Calgary Flames. Man, the Blackhawks need a win tonight. They've lost five in a row. Chris Bowden coming up with that pregame at 830. 2020 ticket packages on sale now. Secure seat. With a 20-game plan, you can find the plan that meets your schedule and your budget. Lower-level plans starting as low as $403. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. And you can upgrade your game day in 2020 with premium seating. Enjoy an all-inclusive experience with packages starting at just 20 games. Cheer on your socks for the best seats in the house. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com. Or call 312-674-1000. Again, 40 days. 40. My favorite number 40 in the history of the city is actually Dave Corzine, who's a Chicago Bull. There goes right to my childhood, NBA All-Star Weekend. Big Dave. DePaul University, Dave Corzine. But 40 days until opening day. Along those lines, 40 days till opening day. He's not necessarily going to be here opening day, although you never know. Nick Madrigal is going to play a bunch of second base with the White Sox sometime soon. Here's Rich King with the White Sox second baseman to be. You had a great year in the minors, great batting average. Uh, what are your expectations coming in here uh, for our camp and this season? Um, you know, I think it's going to be the same as last year. Just kind of try to come into camp, uh, just give everything I have. And uh, I don't know, I think everything will kind of take care of itself. I'm not too worried about you know, where I'm going to be, what's going to happen, and it's kind of out of my hands at this point. Um, but I'm excited to be with this group of guys. We had a great camp a year ago, and uh, you could have made the team, I think, based on that last year. Of course, the way baseball business is structured, things take their time, though. They do. Um, yeah, I, I know that there's a plan in place for me. Um, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what's going to happen again like this year. Um, I you know, last year was one of those things where I learned a lot at each level. Um, you know, at the end of it, finishing in AAA, I felt as ready as ever. I felt ready, but it kind of wasn't in the cards for me. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens this year. Well, this year, with the way baseball is structured, I mentioned earlier, you have to wait a little bit. Maybe in, maybe in late April, May, uh, maybe your call-up time. Uh, yeah, I know that's happened for a lot of guys in the past. Um, Again, I'm not too sure what's going to happen. Um, it's kind of just out of my hands. We'll see what happens. I think it will happen. That's my own personal belief. But uh, tell us about your approach. You are a great hitter. Uh, we talked about when you were drafted. Uh, you get the ball all fields, right? I do, yeah. That's always been part of my game. Uh, my job is to get on base for some of these big guys like Jose. And, uh, yeah, it's always been part of my game to hit it all over the field. What have you learned in your brief stint in the minors about hitting? 
Um, you know, I haven't learned too much about hitting. I know that there's been different, you know, pitchers and stuff like that, but I feel like I kind of always had the same approach. Um, yeah, I haven't really changed my game at all from each level. It's always been the same, so I haven't, nothing I've really picked up too much along the way. And defensively, anything picked up? Um, I, I would say no. I, you know, it's always been my game. You know, it's something I've worked very hard on. Um, you know, at each level, I feel like this coaching staffs have been great, uh, you know, telling me things about the game. Um, but I haven't changed my feeling or hitting at all. It's always been, you know, my style. And, uh, yeah, I've always felt prepared out there. You know, seeing you in camp a year ago, the one thing people may forget, you, you can you can run pretty good. You get a good speed. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a big part of my game also. Uh, stealing bases, going first or third, um, that's a big part of my game. And tell us about this team this year. So, so many high expectations. A bunch of guys came in here, and they're talking World Series. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, on our minds. It's not, it feels like it's, uh, you know, with all the acquisitions we got this year, it feels like it's definitely possible. I know it's a long season. we got to take it one game at a time, but I, I know it's on everyone's minds, especially the coaching staff. Um, but, yeah, it's always the ultimate goal is to win a World Series. Well, first things first, what do you work on in camp here, if anything? You hone your skills? or? Yeah, I think I'm just going to come into camp. I, I feel ready as ever. Um, you know, it's going to be nice connecting with the new faces. Um, I'm not going to try to overthink it at all. I'm going to play the same game I've played my whole life. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel ready at this point. Well, thank you. Have a good season. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Nick. So, Nick Madrigal not lacking any confidence. What have you learned in the minors, Nick? Nothing. Not a damn thing. I've been ready since I came out of the womb. He didn't quite say that. But he's, I mean, I, right. What have you learned in the minors? Nothing. Nothing. I came out of Oregon State, dude. I was drafted in 2018, number four overall. I was ready to roll right then. You know what I learned? I learned that I could play in the minors. I learned that I could move up three levels in one season. Well, what about defensively? Nah, I'm good defensively. I can move to my left. I can move to my right. I can come in. I know how to get the ball over to first place. I haven't learned anything. I've got my routine. The most interesting thing about that to me was that he thought he was ready last year. He hadn't played above high single A. He thought he was ready to play in the big leagues last season coming out of spring training. Nick Madrigal is 22 years old. Born, you know, this is a, this is, and then guys have played younger than that in the league, but that's a lot of confidence right there. Um, so we'll see when he, when he gets here, but uh, Nick is ready. He's focused. He's not going to, you know, he's, he's not verbose. He's going, hey, man, this is the deal. What I learned? Eh, not a whole lot. I'm ready. Can't wait to see you up there. All right, let's get rich with Steve Ciszek, the veteran reliever coming over from the Cubs. I think he's going to have a big-time impact in that bullpen. Here is Rich one more time, this time with Steve Ciszek. Well, good to have you on the other side of town, huh? How yeah. How's it feel? feels really good. I'm glad to be over here. A lot of work for you with the Cubs. Tell us about your progression here in the last couple of years. Um. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I felt like I got a lot of good work in, you know, on the on the north side, and I was glad I was able to be used as much. You know, I, I love being out there. I love being able to, you know, help the team at any cost. And um, you know, so I was, you know, I enjoyed my time up there, and hopefully, I can continue to do that for the White Sox. You look at your numbers. A lot of games the last couple of years, uh, but you thrive on that. You say, how do you how do you cope with that? Um, just a lot of preparation. You know, I come in early, get. Make sure my body's well taken care of. Doing my soft tissue work, doing my video work to mentally get ready, um, fine tune some stuff, and uh, you know it's a it's a lot 
but um, you know, it gives me. I try to give myself the best uh, chance to be able to pitch on a day-to-day basis. People may not realize it, but you're up and throwing sometimes without getting in a game, so you're actually getting more work. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> just because we're not in the game doesn't mean we're not throwing off the mound. So then you waste some so-called bullets out there too. <laughs> Uh, so you just kind of got to measure all that and be on, try to be as honest as you can with yourself, um, but realizing that every day you're not going to feel actually 100%. So I, try, I call it my new 100% for the day. So <laughs> I just have to be content with what I got. That's very interesting. Fans will realize that, that you, they think you're going to be out there as strong every day, but how do you cope with that? How do you, how do you, how do you gear up with that? Well, that's when it becomes a, a, you know, a team effort. You know, like I, As soon as the ball is out of my hands, it's out of my control, so I rely on the guys behind me. So there's certain days where like, I feel like I can go out there and dominate. Other days, I'm like, all right, well, my stuff may not be as sharp today. Let's just make sure that I just attack with, um, with some conviction and let, let the boys behind me take care of it. Your ball sinks, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah I try to miss barrels as much <laughs> as, as I can. <laughs> how would you develop that sidearm rotation? Um, it's just a natural arm slot for me. Um, I, I feel like when I pitch, I actually honestly feel like I'm throwing over the top. Uh, I didn't realize I was like a low three quarters even until college. You know, I saw myself throw on video for the first time. I was like, yep, that's not ex- anything like what I envisioned myself throwing. Like, I uh, just just felt you know comfortable out of my hand. And over the years, my arm slot just got a little bit lower. And it made for order for it induces ground balls, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, especially early on in the league when you pitched to contact. You know, I was mainly a ground ball pitcher. Nowadays. Guys are launching balls more, so my pitching the contact is kind of <laughs> lessened a little bit. I'm you trying to go miss up barrels. a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah I've been able, I've had to adjust, you know, throwing up in the zone, right. up and down, you know, you know, east and west. You know, I just got to mix it up as much as I can. Good old launch angle, right? <laughs> yeah, try to avoid that launch angle as much as possible. Tell us about this club. You came into a great situation here. This club's on the rise. Talking playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why you know, I think all us free agents wanted to sign here. You see what the you see how serious they are about winning. Um, and then you want to be a part of it. So, you know, it was an easy, easy decision for my family and I to, A, come back to the city of Chicago. We love it here. Um, and then, B, be on a team that's wanting to contend. That was something, you know, later part of my career, I didn't want to go on a team that wasn't inter- interested in winning. These guys are, and so it was a no-brainer. Well, glad to have you. Oh, thank you. Have a great camp. Yep. Had a great year. All right, thank you. The new reliever, Steve Ciszek. Great job by Rich King. His conversation sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. Wrap up White Sox Weekly next, WGN Sports Central, coming up, 720 WGN. The Midwestern University Multi-Specialty Clinic in Downers Grove offers a comprehensive patient-centered healthcare experience at their Dental Institute, Family Medicine Clinic, Speech-Language Institute, Physical Therapy Institute, and their Eye Institute. The clinics will receive exceptional care from a team of highly qualified faculty and students, you can learn more at mwuclinics.com or call 630-743-4500. That is 630-743-4500. The Midwestern University Clinic, your family's home for health care. Reminder, team, as we wrap up White Sox Weekly, and thanks again uh, to Rich King for all his help down in the desert this week. White Sox and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim next Saturday, 2.05, our first spring training broadcast, the White Sox' first game of the spring. Looking forward to hearing that next week as baseball officially will be going. There will never be a weekend for the next, I don't know, what is it, seven months? It's crazy, right, that uh, we won't have baseball on the air 
uh, starting this coming Saturday, a week from today. Thanks to Ben Anderson for producing WGN Sports Central. Coming up, we're sticking around for that, and we'll start it off with the Astros cheating scandal uh, and a Chicago Cub by the name of Chris Bryant. News right now.